Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me this week, and if you listen every week, thank you for joining me every week. I hope you're having a good day today. Uh, I'm having a good day today because of the guest that we get to have on the show is somebody I I just love and uh, already gotten to do a duet with him, but more on that in just a second. Uh, You're going to love today's conversation I just want to give you a quick reminder that the My Story, Your Glory Tour, Fall Tour, 20 cities, 20 select cities across the country, that is officially announced and on sale now. Special guest Micah Tyler is joining me. We had so much fun on the My Story, Your Glory Spring Tour. We decided to run it back for the fall, all new markets. And this time Micah's joining me. I sure hope you'll join me as well. Uh, Tickets are going to be going fast for that. The tour begins October 19th. So, I hope you'll come and see me on the fall tour. Uh, also, I've been talking every week, making sure that you know about our special annual Christmas event in Franklin, Tennessee. It's a destination event with a select amount of people allowed in. It's called Come Home for Christmas, taking place December 1st through the 3rd. And uh, I can't tell you enough, I can't describe to you how special this weekend is going to be. But uh, if you've always wanted to come to Nashville, to Tennessee, to Franklin, then this is your chance to do it. So go to MatthewWest.com for all of that information as well. Lots of cool things going on. I've been writing a bunch of songs lately and uh, and playing concerts, and man, it's just been so much fun. But speaking of fun, today I think is not only going to be fun, but also going to be important. I'm getting to talk with a guy who uh, we recorded a duet together on the My Story, Your Glory record. It's a song I wrote about family, about my family, and about remembering what really matters the most in life. Perhaps you've heard the song. The song is put in, you know, musical terms, if you will, as an artist and a songwriter. You can move to Nashville with the goal of uh, having a hit song and then having enough hit songs that maybe they come to you and tell you it's time to make a greatest hits album, right? And that, that can be the dream of a lot of musicians, a greatest hits collection, um, and I, if I'm being honest, that, that was a dream of mine for a long time, you know, it meant that it wasn't a one hit wonder that I was, you know, had staying power or whatever those things were. And one day I just felt like God flipped that upside down and made me realize that maybe just maybe when I get to heaven, God's idea of what my greatest hits in life and maybe what your greatest hits are, maybe his idea was way different than what we think they are. And man, when you start to think about that, you say, God, really, what matters the most to you? Because that's what I want to be chasing. Those are the kind of greatest hits I want to have in my life. And when I thought about it that way, I couldn't help but think about my wife and my daughters and the people living in my own house. How many times am I focused more on building a successful career instead of building successful relationships inside that home? Man, that'll hit hard. And that's what made me write this song, Greatest Hits. When I thought about who I wanted to sing it with me, I thought about this guy. He's a family man. He's been through a whole lot in his life, and God's using his story in a powerful way. So today, we're going to go to the story house with somebody who's got a number one book out right now. It's a brand new book called Like a River, a powerful book, powerful story about how he and his wife lost their little boy and what God has done in their family as a result. I can't wait for you to get this book, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Granger Smith. So let's go to the story house with Granger Smith. Granger, you look like you are in a um, luxurious hotel penthouse suite mm. somewhere on tour. Is that is that right? Is, yeah, yeah. Is that what you get out of? I don't know what this big old uh, this big cable back here. I don't know what this thing is yeah, here, but that, yeah. that, this is you understand. This is your typical uh, green room here. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, you know random cables and walls and uh hangers hanging off i mean this it's a it's a glamorous life that we lead isn't it <laughs> there's a 
Let me try to clean up a little bit for you, Matt. No, I love it. I love it. That's what it's about. Where where are we uh, getting to talk to each other from today? Where are you? I am in Tempe, Arizona. And um, some theater. I said Majestic earlier. That was wrong. Marquee Theater. That's Dallas, right? Marquee Marquee Theater. Theater. Yes. Yes. What's What's the temperature in Tempe, Arizona today? It is, according to my watch, 100, but it's supposed to get up to 107 today. Whew. But you yeah. probably still went out and ran 10 miles. or I did not. I did not. But I will say this. Uh, it's It was pretty close to the temperature back in Austin. I think it was like 105, really? 104 in Austin. So it's, it feels normal to me, unfortunately. So is Austin home, like Austin proper? Yeah, Austin, north of Austin, about 45 minutes is just north of Georgetown is where we are. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think. I played it like uh, Red Rocks, not Red Rocks, Round Rock, uh, the minor league stadium there. Is it in that direction or is that the other way? Yeah, we're probably 25, 30 minutes from there. Dell Diamonds, which we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I didn't realize you were that close to Austin. So yeah, I need to come to Austin and see you in person. This, this will continue our streak of getting to collaborate on something while never being in the same room uh, to, a single time. Is that, it's, it's pretty a, remarkable. Maybe we should never meet in person and this should just be our thing. Only virtual uh, working together. Of course, I'm talking yeah. about we got to feature together, do a duet on uh, the song Greatest Hits. It was such an honor to have you uh, record that song with me. And we did it remotely because that's that's what you did over these last few years. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was Frank Rogers, mutual friend of yes. ours in Nashville. And he texted me. And, and it, you know, it's just it's it's always cordial to text and ask permission to share contact information. That's just what we do. And he was like, hey could I share your number with Matthew West? I was like, absolutely. And uh, then shortly you followed up with a request for me to sing on greatest hits. I remember getting in, in the studio with that song and I had the, you know, the track to sing along. And I just remember thinking, how in the world is my voice going to come anywhere close to his? I mean, you just sing phenomenally like a choir of angels. And then here comes, here comes me getting in, get on this track. So that that's that you was crushed it. <laughs> you isn't that funny? The inner voice in all of us tells like the, it was the same voice that said, "There's no way Granger's even going to return my text message. He's not even going to get back to me. This guy's like <laughs> this is Mister Yee himself. He's such a good artist. He's got two art. He's two artists oh, in one. Uh, or or if I'm so such I, a bad artist that it requires two artists to equal <laughs> one. Maybe that's the way to say it." No, no, there's no doubt about it. I've been a fan of yours for a long time because Frank and I would write from time to time and I would tell, I would ask him, like, who's one of your favorite artists you work with? And he would tell me about you and not only what a great artist you are, but how smart you are. And like, and I, so I started digging into your, what do you call him? Your, your alter ego? Exactly. Yeah. Lack of Earl? A better term. Yeah. Earl Dibbles Jr. I'm like, this guy is, he's an artist, a songwriter, a comedian, uh, you know, I mean, um, a business owner with this incredible clothing apparel line. Is that something you run with your brother? Is that right? It is. T- two brothers, actually. Parker and Tyler. We all all three have different roles in Yee Yee together. Yeah. Yee Yee apparel, which is like, I mean, has blown up. It's huge. You're, I see you wearing probably the latest, greatest hat that you guys put out, huh? Something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We, there, we have a bus full of them. Well, I've just I've been a fan for a long time, and so the fact that we got to sing that song together. But I got to tell you, um, I I thought of you because I was following you on social media, and I just every time I would see what you would post, I just kept thinking, I know people can fool people with who they really are versus mm-hmm. who they are on social mm-hmm. media, but the 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 term real deal just kept coming back to me when mm-hmm. I would when I would follow you and, and how you were using your platform to, to point people to God, to point people towards the importance of family, and then following your, your family's uh, journey, which is now uh, laid out in a, in a beautifully powerful way with a brand new book that I'm holding in my hands mm-hmm. called Like a River, Finding the Faith and Strength to Move Forward After Loss and Heartache. And we're going to talk about this book and the story that this book holds. But 
that's why, because the song that I sent to you was about understanding before it's too late what our true greatest hits in life are going to be like, that Matthew mm. 25 way of life, you know? I was naked and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was. It's those things. That, it's that moment when you realize, what if I get to heaven and God's idea of what my greatest hits in life were were different than the ones that I was chasing? And when I follow you, not to put you up on a pedestal too much, but mm. I was like, this guy seems like he's chasing the right kind of greatest hits and uh, and so I wanted us to lock arms in that message, and I'm so thankful that we got to do that together. Man, so encouraging to hear that, and I, it's such an honor that you did reach out and and had me sing on that specific song. You know, because I believe, as you know, I believe every bit of those words, and and that's the way I feel too. Absolutely, and I do believe that uh, our greatest hits are a lot different than God's greatest hits for us. You guys, my dogs Rocky and Nick, I've finally gotten them to stop barking in the background while I record this, but they were so excited. They just wanted to make sure that I told you how happy they are that I started feeding them healthy dog food from Sundays. They're happy and I'm happy too, and here's why. Sundays is healthy dog food, but it's also zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. It doesn't even require refrigeration. It can be stored in your pantry or right on your countertop. And unlike other fresh food brands, Sundays doesn't add any synthetic or artificial vitamins. It's naturally complete and balanced food. It's air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori Waxman, a practicing vet. Sundays contains 90% real meat, 10% vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. Every recipe, you're going to find natural digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger and disease-fighting antioxidants. And dog parents have reported noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, healthier skin, and more energy. My dogs are loving the new turkey recipe. Your dogs are going to love it too. It's shelf-stable, lightweight, and easy to travel with if you're on the go. Every order ships right to your door, so you'll never have to worry about running out of dog food again. Plus, get 20% off and free shipping on every subscription order. Sundays cost 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because they don't waste money shipping frozen packages. They spend money on what matters, getting you the healthiest all-natural ingredients for your dog. We've worked out a special deal for dog-loving listeners of the Matthew S. Podcast. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash west or use the code west at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash west and upgrade your pup to Sundays. Feel good about the food you feed your dog. And, and let's talk about your journey a little bit towards that. Like um, you've, I, I've been so inspired seeing videos of you, you know, not just on stage singing for people, but up, up at a church on a Sunday morning, sharing your testimony and preaching. And there's been a, a, a pretty monumental and seismic shift in your calling. Mm-hmm. I always think about like in music terms, we always talk about dreams, mm-hmm. right? And I've always felt like there's something deeper than a dream, and that's that's a calling. Hmm. You know, dreams are something you might chase, but you get discouraged and you quit chasing. You get worn out. You quit chasing after it. Even when you reach that dream, you might feel like something's still missing. But when you tap into that deeper than a dream, which is a calling, that's when that's when the fire will burn, even in your most weary moments. So you've been working at this for a long time as a touring recording artist. What year, do you remember the year that you put out like your first record? First record was 1999. Yeah. 1999. So here we are, it's 2023. You've been going at this for a long time. Just a guesstimate, how many concerts have you performed since 1999? Yeah, I I have thought about that. And we're, I'm probably not quite to 2000. Um, but we're probably about 1500, I think 1500. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's hustling. That's working hard. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think about that a lot. And it's like, um, over the years, the way that you articulated the dream versus the calling, et cetera, I I couldn't say it that way for a long time. And just until probably recently, did I really think about that? Did I really think about uh, the difference between a dream and a calling and purpose and what is meaningful and what matters 
30 years from now, what matters, Lord willing, laying in a deathbed, looking back on a life and going, was it the concerts? What Was it the, a sold out crowd? What, like the song says, greatest hits, was it a number one song? Was that it? Or was it a life changed? Was it was it someone that now breathes a little easier because I lived? Was it that? And so th- those kind of thoughts, they um, it took me a while to mature into that. I should say, maybe some people would mature yeah. earlier. It took me a while. So the Granger Smith in 1999 putting out his first record was was your what was your why? Like, did you just have dreams of? Um, stardom, like a lot, yeah. like when you're starting oh, yeah. out, was that the dream? Was that the goal? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a star. I want to be like George Strait. I want to sing in front of a lot of people and have people sing along with my songs. That's how it starts. And I certainly wouldn't blame my, uh, 19, 20 year old self at, from that. I wouldn't blame myself. It's yeah, completely right. understandable, but it, in many ways it has to start with that so that you could end up in a different place. And that's surely what happened to me. Did you grow up in uh, a Christian home? Like, did you grow up going to church, or what? What was your, uh, you know, what was your faith or your experience with faith? Um, you know, as a kid and into your teenage years. Yeah, I grew up, grew up in a what I call a very faithful home. Um, Christian parents. My mother read the New Testament to me while she was nursing to me as a baby. You know, th- things wow. like that. That kind of sets the the tone for what followed. And I was always, uh, we were always going to church. I was always in the uh, youth groups or, or camps, you know, church camps. And in, in some way, um, if I was doing sports, it was connected with FCA. And I say that in a way, because that's important to my story, because I certainly drifted from that, especially by college. Um, it was, it became much more of a heritage to me growing up that way. It came much more of a heritage than a lifestyle by any means, or or certainly not any kind of surrender that I lived by, Uh, some kind of kingdom that I lived under a kingship by. It wasn't that at all. It was more like, well, it's, it's my culture. It's my heritage. I could articulate the gospel. I could tell you that Jesus died for my sins, but never living with any kind of fruits that would reflect what we would read in the gospels. It is as far as what a disciple would have done when they encountered Jesus himself, where they would drop everything. They would literally follow him at all costs. Oh, that that didn't look like anything I was doing at all. Yeah, like the disciples' response when Jesus called them uh, to follow him, the, the scripture highlights the the speed in which they responded. It says at once yes. they dropped their, there was no hesitation. They dropped their nets. So what was, what was the moment? When did that moment come for you where you, you had it become a reality that it, this has to be more than heritage. This like, it, this is either the driving force of my life or it's not real. Like wh- where did that turning point come for you? Yeah. It's interesting. You say it that way because, because Jesus wants all of us. He wants our entire being. In fact, that's, that's always what the command has been, um, mm. all the way back to, the, to the, the Mosaic law. It was love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your strength. All of He wants all of it. Uh, in fact, if you didn't, you're literally breaking the first commandment. Okay? So, so that's, that's a lot to unpack right there. If that's the trajectory, that's, there's a lot to unpack and considering the way I was living, just calling it cultural. Uh, now, what the catalyst was for me, what the shift was, was really losing my son. We lost our three-year-old boy, River, in 2019. That's what that was. What's what the shakeup was? Now, I didn't, I didn't lose Riv and wake up the next day and go, "I surrender to you, Jesus." It wasn't that at all. In right. fact, uh, what happened was after we lost Riv. I started sliding downhill towards rock bottom. And as I'm sliding, I'm just grabbing at everything, grabbing at all the roots that life had to offer that I knew had worked in the past, like self-help, like uh, reading my devotionals, you know, like, um, well, I'm going to get up early and do a little meditation. I better watch what I'm eating. I better 
uh, make sure I'm going to the gym or, you know, I better practice my gratefulness. That's a good one. You know, like affirmations and gratefulness. I better lean into that. And as I'm grabbing these roots and all of them are just breaking, I'm just sliding down and down and down. Um, It wasn't until what, what really perpetuated this was as I'm losing sleep and I'm, I'm in torment for months. uh, It wasn't until somebody said, Hey, have you tried, have you tried weed? Because that's really, you know, it's becoming more and more acceptable in the medical community for people that are dealing with PTSD or some kind of physical ailment. And I was like, right. that's not, that's just not me. Like I've, I've, I've never been that kind of guy. I, I kind of, and I don't mean any kind of offense to anyone, but I, I associated that with laziness, you know, like people yeah. that smoke weed are lazy. Like they just, but I got to a point where I was like, Sure, whatever. We went to Denver and I was like, I'll, I'll try. Give me a, one of those vape pens with little oil in it. Let me try anything because I was losing my mind. Wow. Fast forward, when I found out that that didn't work either, that nothing, that was, that was one of the final roots that just snapped and I, I headed towards rock bottom. It's, it's crazy. And we see this revealed in the scriptures a lot that Many times God will break a man down till he has nothing left so that Mm. all he has to rely on is God himself so that we're not relying on ourselves at all. We see this revealed so many times. It is only then that we enter a, a position, a heart position of complete surrender where we're just begging for mercy. Just Lord, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, have mercy on me. And it's, it's with that heart position that I started really unpacking, diving into who was Jesus to me my whole life? Who was he? And who is he to me now? Is he a, a cultural icon? Is he um, the, the top three uh, priorities on an American's list? Or was he my savior? And what does a savior even mean? Because a, a savior insinuates someone that is dead or dying <laughs> and has no hope. That's what a savior insinuates. I mean, someone that has things figured out is in no need of a savior. So unpacking all that stuff led me to a, a quite the search, quite the, um, quite the journey listening to different sermons on YouTube uh, until I finally arrived. So this is a long way to answer your question. I'm sorry. No, this is, uh, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. <laughs> until I finally arrived one day unknowingly on a sermon listening on youtube i was driving in my truck and the pastor was preaching out of john 14 and he says he's the pastor's just reading through and he says so the disciples asked jesus lord why is it that you manifest yourself to us but not to the rest of the world jesus answers him if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will come to him and we will make our home with him. And I thought to myself, right then, I thought, I am loved. I am redeemed. I am restored. I'm forgiven. I am wow. healed. And what is it, to, what is it that, that I am showing from that? In my, what is the overflow of my heart to show my, my gratitude towards that? It's nothing. And Jesus says right here, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And I thought, what's his word? I I like right then the lights came on all. I just thought, what is his word? I want to know all of it. I don't want to know a devotional Mm. version of it. I don't want to know a a bumper sticker or a coffee mug version of it. I want to go home and I want to open up Matthew. That seemed like a good place to start. Matthew 1. That's, yeah. you know, let's, let's start at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew yes. 1, 1, let's start reading and let's not stop until I know all of his word. Because if I'm going to keep his word, I want to know what it is. And this is not, yeah. this is not some kind of legalistic way that I was looking at needing to please God or needing to get approval. It was, Lord, you saved me. How do I show that to you? And so when I got to the end of Revelation, I figured, well, I better start over in Genesis because Jesus said the prophets were talking about him. So I better read the, the Old Testament and just flew through this. 
in a way that it was the living bread. I needed it. I was starving for it and it was nourishing me. And I felt more and more healed from that. Amazing. What was the journey like for uh, both you and and, uh, your wife, Amber, yeah, and, and your kids. I mean, did she start to see this this change in you and your heart posture and your kind of devouring God's word? Like, you know, talk about the journey for for you as a couple and as parents trying trying to lead your family and carry each other in your weakest moments through through a tragedy. No, no parent wants to have to go through. Yeah, well, I mean, just God's grace because yeah. of God's grace, Amber ended up on the, on a similar journey on a similar timeline. Now grieving that's different. People grieve on very different timelines. And sometimes, uh, sometimes that's within seconds or, or hours or days apart. You know, you, this person's really struggling and this person is having an okay day. Right. And, and so we have to realize as we go on these different journeys, but the faith journey was by God's grace aligned. And when I came home that day and said, Hey, I'm ditching the devotionals. I'm ditching all this meditation stuff, everything else. I'm going to Matthew one. You want to start with me? And she goes, she goes, I'm in, let's do it. Let's do it. And together as we read, we were, became more and more sanctified and became more and more in love with it. And it became the thing we both did together. That's incredible. And I'm, I'm curious, like from the point of devouring Matthew all the way to the end of the New Testament, then circling back to Genesis, you know, all of a sudden I see you on Instagram and, you know, I'm seeing you teaching at, at churches and, and, and sharing your testimony. And, and then like the, it's like the outpouring of your devouring of God's word. It seems like there's, you know, uh, it's like a, a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, like you get inspired and then you don't keep that song to yourself. You want to share that with other people. And, and the same should be, you know, I'm always amazed by the parallels between our, the art, the artist's journey, the songwriter's journey and the spiritual journey, right? Like one of the things I was thinking about the other day is just like the days when I don't feel like writing a song, but I dig in anyway. I can't, I, I've lost count of how many songs were born out of the days where I didn't feel like writing one. Mm. And likewise, when I don't feel mm. like reading my Bible, but I show up anyways, God always honors that and shows me and illuminates parts of his word that, that I wouldn't have been open to if I hadn't shown up, you know? And so I see you now turning around and having this desire to share. And, and in this new book, Like a River, this willingness to stand up in front of people or to put your, your story of, of the loss of your, your precious son, River, and what God has shown you through it to share even from the most wounded or, or difficult chapters of your story with other people. Mm. Talk about that transition of going, okay, Lord, you're speaking to me. You're changing me. Amber, Amber and I are feeling like that our faith is coming alive like never before. Now you're filled with this desire to, to step up in front of people and, and share this people. How does that transition come about? What's the why of that to go, I can't keep this to myself. I want to tell people what God's doing in my life. Oh man, you said it in such a beautiful way. And that's such a great analogy to relate it to songwriting. Yeah. So I think if I was going to unpack all of that in my story, it started with, as I probably read it through, read through the Bible one time, as I started the second time, the second journey through it, I decided at some point that I was going to post on Twitter because I, I was reading, um, it's called the McShane plan. And it gets me twice through the new Testament, twice through the Psalms, once through the old Testament in one year. And it's an everyday okay. thing, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's going on, no matter w- what my schedule is, I'm going to do this plan. Um, and I feel like if I don't, if I don't do the plan, then my priorities are definitely wrong. If I don't have 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it takes Man. to get through, if I don't have that in a day, there's yeah. something, there's something out of whack. So it started with, I thought I'm going to post on Twitter, something out of the four chapters that I read a day, something that stands out to me, any, just a simple observation, something, maybe it's a, maybe it's one verse. And I could do, I could either post the verse alone or I could give just a, just a very basic commentary of what my observation of that verse was. Right. And so I started doing this daily 
And then I thought to myself, oh, this is a great, this is a great way to keep accountable. And so right. every day, I can't just skim it because I got to be thinking about something that I'm, I'm observing in here. Yeah. And then if I post it, other people are going to see it. And then I can't skip a day, you know, because they're going to be like, oh, Granger didn't, he didn't post on Wednesday. I wonder if that's because he didn't read. So it, it, yeah. cre- it created this like, I like that, this little personal accountability for me. So, yeah. so really that started with, okay, this is going to be a way to lock in this routine. And it worked because there were definitely times when I thought it was like an early flight or something, it's just a busy day. And I just thought, okay, I got to find, I got to find time to read this so that I could post it. Um, yeah, so right. that's how it started, really. And then you said it so perfectly, Matthew, on, on getting up on stage to actually share a message or a testimony or usually something between those two things. Uh, that was just an overflow of, man, I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where I found bread. And I, I can't wait to tell you about oh, this. I can't wait to tell that's you. Good. And um, that's really where it, where it all started for me. Yeah. Hey, you guys, you've heard me talk about them before, but in case you need to supercharge your hiring, you need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. I'm trying to do it all these days, and I need a great team, and I need Indeed. I have a feeling you might as well. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed Data US. That means you're going to find the right candidate and you're going to find them fast. That's what I need. I don't have a lot of time. I'm sure you don't either. Indeed is a huge help to anyone running a business. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for the applications that meet your must-have requirements. It is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. The offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash West. Just go to Indeed.com slash West and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash West. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you receive an invitation from a church for the first time or, or did you seek out an opportunity to preach at a church? Did it find you? Yeah. So the very first time, what happened was a pastor reached out to me and said, this was during, um, right before COVID, right before COVID, a pastor reached out and said, hey, I'm in Indiana. Could we do a Zoom call? And then we'll play it on Sunday. We'll just play our, just to have a normal conversation, talk about your story. And I said, sure. So we did it. Right, Right towards the end of COVID, he said, hey, man, I'd love to do this again. What we did several months ago, I'd love to do it again. And I said, man, this might be crazy. And it's your church and we could do whatever you want. But what if I actually went there and actually got on stage and get, delivered a message? And he said, I like that idea. Do you, do you, can you send me a message? And I was like, okay, you know, he's going to vet me. Of course. So I was working with my local church and I had kind of built a little simple message around my testimony and it was a gospel message. And I emailed it to him in, in a Word document. He read it and he goes, yeah, I, I like it. Come on out here. Let's do it. So we scheduled a date, worked it around my tour dates, and I arrived that Sunday morning. And as I got there, and you you know this, and you know, you've know you seen your dad do this, but uh, arriving there in the parking lot on a Sunday morning and seeing people parking and getting out of their cars with their little notepads yeah. and their Bibles, and all of a sudden it hit me. Yeah. You know, I, the burden of that hit me. I thought, oh, no. People have come to, to get their word from God this morning. You know, they've come to worship and gather, and I'm the guy. Oh, no, Lord, I'm not qualified for this. And so that 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 was a really good feeling because it really humbled me in a way that I just said, Lord, I don't open my mouth. I don't know what to say. 
I have this yeah. manuscript, but I don't know if it's right. So just delete anything I say that's wrong. and Just let your word prevail and be this two-edged sword that comes out. Mm. And uh, after I finished, that, that's really what changed me. I just thought, as I talked to people that came up after, after the message, I just thought, wow, I've been on so many stages, country music stages, but this one actually mattered for the kingdom. This one mattered for the kingdom. And it was, it was very hard after that uh, to go back into completely secular country music and, and find it meaningful. I bet. I, I bet. It's, um, it's, uh, it, it's interesting, too, that even in that moment before those cars are pulling up and you're getting ready to preach for the first time, and, and even that prayer is like, Lord, let your word be what stands out. And so it's, it strikes me that it's like you started devouring God's word and then started realizing that his word is the, are, are the only words that matter. Yes. Right. And you start to, as a songwriter and an artist, we can get so fooled into thinking that like our ability to string together the right phrase or will, will bring the people to their feet or in, even in Christian music, it's like, you know, we can sometimes get fooled into thinking that like our clever turn of a phrase will be mm-hmm. what gets somebody to help, you know, get them closer to God. And it's like, you know, he does not need us. He chooses yes. to speak through us. But ultimately, like in so many of my songs, I'm like, I- I'm I'm putting scripture in my songs because I'm doing the same thing going, Lord, I- my words are going to be forgotten. They will be long forgotten, but your word will remain. And so I love that even mm-hmm. then it's like that love of God's word sparked an understanding that his word was the only word that matters. Amen. But is this, so you're in Tempe, Arizona today and you, you're about to take the stage in just a little while. Now, is this going to be like the last time Tempe, Arizona sees a Granger Smith music concert is because you've recently talked about, you know, um, transitioning away from music and towards full-time ministry is that is that like a literally like the clock is winding down and there's a final show and and then the next time people get to be with you is when you're you're speaking instead of performing is this what's happening that this is the plan that i have made and and lord willing um that's that's as far as i know i've been saying lately that the future is really none of my business i am I am in a season of, of, of learning, but I am, the plan is uh, wholeheartedly laying down country music completely um, and music in general. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say just country music. I, I don't have any plans to have any more music tours after this. And as we, as you and I record this, I have nine shows left. Yeah. What's that feel like? Like, I mean, even as, okay, you got nine shows left. One of those nine is about to happen and just a few hours, like uh, it, it, what kind of emotions are you feeling? Cause obviously you've worked so hard for so long and you've sold out the shows and people I see, I mean, like you're like the pride of Texas, man, people, <laughs> and, and not just in Texas, but I mean, I, I've seen the crowds showing up to see you uh, because you've got a way of connecting with them on a deep level and making them laugh through your alter ego, um, you know, making them sing through your, like, what what are you feeling as you are stepping on stage going, okay, this is one of my final nine shows. What What's going on in your, your head and your heart? Well, w- without thinking too deeply about your question, the first thought is I'm legitimately excited. I'm legitimately excited. Uh, I have about two weeks left. We're going to end this thing in Texas, two nights in Fort Worth, and I am uh, legitimately looking forward wholeheartedly looking forward to stepping into this next chapter. I want to finish this chapter right as best I can, and I want to soak up every moment. But at the same time, I truly feel like I have experienced um, all that I have wanted out of this. I've played good shows and bad shows more than I could remember. I've I've forgotten way more shows than I remember. Um, I have seen all different kinds of crowds, and um, I have probably seen every kind of mistake or problem or great surprise or exceeded expectation or missed expectation. I've seen it all. And I truly feel like my heart is full when it comes to that. And I don't have anything left to prove to myself or to anyone else. And I'm, I'm just very excited about the next chapter. Well, I mean, the fact that you can feel excited about it 
is it you know it's to me that's kind of the evidence of of the peace of knowing that what you're stepping into is uh is more significant than you know it, it, because you're following you know what what God's doing in your life like and if he if he had called you to stay in music too you would have been you'd have peace about that and so it like to, I wholeheartedly that to, is exactly right Matthew that exactly what you just said I could take that and quote it and put it on a picture frame because I, I believe the Lord gives us the desires of our heart when we are seeking him when we're wholeheartedly seeking him and we're devouring his word and and we're we're being sanctified daily then we could look at we could look at our own desires and what we want yeah. and we could say what our desires are were given us given to us by him yeah yeah he changes our desires mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know yeah. what's jeremiah we always focus on jeremiah 29:11 it's such a great scripture right a reminder that he knows the plans he has for us and they're good plans to prosper not to harm but two verses later you know, help us understand. You want to find out God's plan for your life. Well, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, you know, that, I mean, there's so much power in realizing like, okay, Lord, help me to remember not just that you have a plan, but you want to reveal your plan to me. And the way for me to discover a greater glimpse of it is to seek you with all my heart. And it might mean me uprooting out of the whole type of life that I've built. I mean, and that's where yes. just, you know, I, yeah, I know you got to get on stage here shortly, but <laughs> I just, you know, from one artist to another, you know, just from a distance, you've been an inspiration to me because I think even in, and anybody even listening to this show, whether you're a singer or not, the, we hold on so tightly to so many different things in our lives. And you know, whether it's a career like like you've had and built since 1999, releasing your first album, and I can certainly relate to that. These things that then we equate as part of our identity, and then yeah. we have a heart. When we've got this death-like grip, you know, we're like, we're never going to let go. And and really what happens is it winds up having a grip on us because yes. we don't know who we are apart from it. And so many artists would hear about you stepping away, and it would just fill them with a tremendous amount of fear because... Yeah. Most of them would go. I don't know who I am apart from that, and and they mm. and a lot of them will sing a lot longer than they should be, right? Mm. And and so I just am so inspired by your willingness to step away from a dream that you've had and to step towards a calling that God has for you. And this book, like a river, um, in fact, uh, we share the same publisher. I don't know if yep. you knew that, but of course I do. Uh, yeah. He. He sent me a screenshot, and he was telling me he wanted to let me know there was good news. Uh, one of my books had jumped up to number two because of some sale. That's when my books sell well when they're on sale. But <laughs> but what he but it was a subtle flex because the number one book I zoomed in and I noticed it was like a river. Oh. So uh, I think it's just incredible. The book just came out, and um, I can't encourage people enough to go pick up a copy. I know people are being inspired every time you share your story, and it's no different here today from your dressing room in Tempe, Arizona, being authentically who you are and and just just sharing uh, just what God's done in your life and and walking your family and continuing to walk your family through. Like you said, different grief has different timetables for people, and and just to see what God's done in, in you and Amber's life. And now how he's going to just continue. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by C.S. Lewis, and it says, uh, God speaks to us in our conscience. He whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. Mm. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I, I think of that quote when I think about you, you know, this, this 2019 moment and this what you and your wife have have had to walk through and, and your kids and and the pain that it's caused and then and and how it's it's awakened in you this desire for God like never before and then now this desire to say okay Lord I'm gonna let you I, I, I'm willing for you to even speak through the most painful chapter of my story if it brings you glory I'm willing yeah. for that to be Amen. the case and I'll tell you what man that that's the greatest hits kind of stuff that's the stuff that's gonna reach so many people who who maybe grief isn't their wounded chapter, although grief touches us all. We all have chapters of our story that we think there's no way 
There's no way God gets the glory from this. There's no way God could speak through this part of my story, my battle with addiction, uh, you know, my family issue, my dysfunction, the abuse that I suffered. Fill in the blank of whatever those chapters are that the enemies made us believe that will never be used for anything good. And you're turning that upside down and living the proof that God does work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean it is good. It doesn't mean we wouldn't rip that chapter out of the story and and get a redo if we, we had it our way. But the obedience and the willingness to let God speak through your story in this book like a river is going to reach so many people on such a deep level, and it already has. So, man, just hear me say how much you've inspired me, how thankful I am that even though we've never even met in person, (laughs) that our paths have gotten to cross, and you've impacted me, and I just wanted to make sure that anybody who follows me gets to uh, have a light shine on them so that they could hear about this book and hear about what God's doing through your life. Man, I'm just going to bottle up everything you said because I thought you were a great singer, but now also you're, you're an incredible interviewer, man. I appreciate all the kind words. You, You have this wrapped up perfectly, man. I appreciate you so much. Well, Granger, I'm I'm rooting for you and your family, and uh, I do hope to meet you in person sometime when I'm coming through Texas. And uh, man, I just just know that we're cheering you on. Congratulations on the release of this book and and sharing your story with the world, man. This world needs messages of hope like never before. You know it, and I know it, I and we see it. And uh, and He has such a plan for you for such a time as this. So have a great <laughs> show tonight in Tempe, Arizona, man. Brother, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for all the encouragement. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take everything you said to heart. And the door is always open in Texas. Hey, man, I just want one of those yee hats, so got I got to go online and I'm going to make it. some purchases. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Granger Smith, man. God bless you, brother. God appreciate bless you, man. You. Thank you. He's my dad and he gives good advice, and that's why the last segment of today's show is called Dad Vice. Here's his theme song. He's my dad and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me today. Can you send us out with some, some humor and some spiritual depth can you do both all right i'm gonna work hard at it um again we need to laugh in these days else else you're gonna spend more time crying and uh so you need some good jokes and i'm just the man to give them uh do fish go on vacation no no they are always in school i knew that one oh you knew that one huh (laughs) okay do you know this one i don't think so what kind of fish is the most valuable uh the goldfish come on that was was easy uh today uh, we're going to talk about dealing with disappointments and uh matthew i i again i i love listening to all your songs and how god speaks through you and, and and all the artists and um some of them i play over and over and over again and one of them is the song hard seasons and um, the first two lines lord you wrote the story that i can't see so even in the dark my heart will believe and all of us are facing hard seasons and when we're on the road and in different cities people just one after another come up and sharing how they're going through a hard season and in in john chapter 11 uh, lazarus was dying if you're familiar with that portion of, of scripture and he had a sister named martha who immediately sent word to jesus to come her expectation was jesus would come right away and heal him But Jesus delayed, and by the time he arrived, Lazarus had died and had been buried for four days. So this is is a hard season. This is disappointment. This was not the outcome she had hoped for. Mm -hmm. But Martha taught us a lesson on how to deal with disappointments. When Jesus arrived, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Let's look at uh, a couple things about Martha. One, she was honest with Jesus. She told Jesus about her disappointment in the outcome. 
He said, Jesus, she said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she was just honest. She told her, her true feelings and disappointment she was facing. And we can do that. God wants us to do that. Secondly, she never gave up hope. Even in the face of death, she believed that Jesus could do the impossible. And she said, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. John Eldridge, an awesome author, wrote this. You must guard your heart with everything you've got, especially in times of disappointment and pain. Your secret weapon against the enemy's hatred is to love God right then and there in the midst of the sorrow, whatever it may be. We need to keep our hope in Jesus and in his ability to change the outcome no matter what our situation looks like right now. Psalm 143.8, let me hear the morning... Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. And some of more great lyrics, I lift up my eyes where my help comes from. I fall in the arms of the only one who knows the reason for every hard season. Lord, you wrote the story that I can't see, so even in the dark, my heart will believe there is a reason for every hard season. My dad advice for today, no matter what outcomes or disappointments you may be facing, remember that Jesus will show up. We have to believe that. He's going to show up for you today. It may not be our timing, and the outcome may not look like we had hoped for, yeah. but he's writing our story. That's good stuff. Thank you, Dad. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. That's our show. I want to thank Granger Smith. Be sure to pick up a copy of his brand new book, Like a River. This is powerful and it's going to speak to you. Maybe you've uh, been dealing with grief in your life. Uh, Maybe you've been kind of challenged by what Granger said about, you know, chasing what really matters. And, And maybe you're inspired by his willingness to just step away from music and step into a whole different calling. Man, sometimes, uh, God's going to call us to make bold moves like that. Are we willing to step out in obedience like that, like the disciples did, like Granger did? That's pretty good stuff. I hope it's challenged you to do the same. Uh, thanks for joining me. If we can uh, minister you to you in any way, go to popwe.org. That's our ministry. I send out a weekly devotional every Thursday. You can subscribe to receive that email. And uh, in the meantime, make the most of the one shot you get. It's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week.